Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. Today, I have a conversation with Derek. Derek just completed the last round of Wanting It More with his wife. And I love getting men's voices on the podcast. Um, It's something... Uh, you know what? I, I have been saying it's something I've been doing new, but it's not new anymore. I think it's a solid feature of wanting it more because having the partner's perspective is so incredibly important. I really hope that Derek today, just saying Derek, shares a little bit of of the struggles and the challenges uh, that he's faced during this process. So Derek, uh, why don't you just let us know a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. And it was a pleasure to go through the program and I'm quite the honor. So my name is Derek and I am a native of North America. I live on the East Coast. I have um, my profession is actually in business coaching and doing consulting. So I work with Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 50 companies, and I'll redesign how their business actually works on different levels. They'll do moving projects over to products, changing the way that things are getting built, looking at engineering processes, data migrations, things of that nature. Very, very big systems. So I think what I was telling Jana before is that it's not really my personality to do any of these things. I, I start to actually loathe some of the work that I do. And if I could do anything, my dream job would be having like a little farm, like a little mushroom farm or doing something on those lines where get to not be talking to people all day and and solving big problems. Solving hunger. Yeah. Solving hunger. That'd be more ideal. Through mushrooms. Mushrooms. Yeah. Maybe you can, you can bring me over to the mushroom side. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'm, I'm over there yet, just quite yet, (laughs) but maybe I just haven't had the right varieties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a ton. It's, um, I got into it because I was doing do-it-yourself type of stuff with having a a shop where I ended up having selling supplies to make your own beer and wine. And I got into growing mushrooms when I was over there. I just had them in the back and it was a blast. Oyster mushrooms, lion mushrooms, lion head mushrooms. There's there's like tons of different mushrooms. They all taste different. So I don't eat shellfish, but it will be like you can have lion's head mushroom with butter and garlic and it tastes exactly like lobster. Apparently. I don't know. I think it's like someone that eats like that's that's vegan. They're like, this tastes like turkey. They're like, so the package says, you know, it's... it depends on how long you've had turkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm gluten free and I'm always like, oh, this tastes amazing. And then other people eat yeah. it and they're like, no, Janet right. doesn't. It's cardboard. No, no that's not my sister. She's gluten free. And uh, she'll ask me, can you can you bake gluten free things for me? Because I enjoy baking. And I always just look cross-eyed. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know how. I don't, I don't know how it's supposed to. T- this doesn't taste like the baked goods I make. Um, no, yeah, it's it's fun. So that's that's pretty much a you know pastime, past work. I just like being outside, like doing things, being having my hands and feet dirty, uh, just being on the sun. Uh, you know, if you were to ask my wife, she'd probably say Derek's out on a walk right now. I just continually walk around the com- community. I just like being outside and. Uh, my wife and I, we've known each other for 11 years. 
we've been married for eight and it's been it's been a journey together that we've grown it's it's very surprising to me how long that we've known each other and how much our relationship has changed over the course of 11 years of knowing each other as well as our own you know way that we look at the world it has changed as well so it's been an adventure and it's gone to this course and it's been a pleasure going through this course together as well I was just thinking as you were sharing your hobbies and then your profession, your work, would you categorize your hobbies kind of in the more, uh, they're a little bit more of the feminine category and your work is a little bit in the more masculine category. Have you ever thought about that before? Yeah, absolutely. It's very odd. It, I, I catch myself with, I love baking and I don't have I don't have this thing of um, well I have to do woodworking or I have to you know do leather work or anything. I just like baking. I like I like food. I like sweets, and I like making things. But absolutely, I think that's a really good observation. That a lot of the things that I end up enjoying the most, I don't <laughs> I don't think I wouldn't qualify them as a very masculine thing. Uh, like I do vermiculture. Well, that, I mean, that's just weird, but that's, that's like harvesting worms for like worm casting. That's just weird. That's just weird. But everything else it's pretty, yeah, I would say that it's, it's, uh, it's not something as I like baking bread. I don't know. I don't think that's what it would be the typical manly type of thing to, to do. And do you ever find that you, um, I don't know, like, does it, is it hard to explain what you enjoy doing to other men or do you feel really comfortable in that? I generally, when I get into my hobbies and what I do for fun, most people I think end up finding it interesting. Uh, I think that I find that probably with men also. Yeah, no, there would be, you know, my, my friends don't, don't share the same hobbies that I do. They're, they're interested in it, but there's not something that really attracts them to it. Most people think it's just interesting. Yeah, well, I think it's fantastic. I think it's wonderful. It, when was this your like all the way uh, from being a boy? You found these were your hobbies. Yeah, from pretty much a young age, I always kind of went to the beat of my own drum. I I didn't fall into a classification of you know I, I was most most of the time growing up I was kind of an outsider. I grew up in a military brat family, so we moved all the time. And I just had an older sister and we would hang out. So probably that's probably why it leans towards, I, I grew up playing dolls with my sister because she was my only friend when we would move places and somewhere I would choose, I guess, boy things to, to do, you know, fun stuff with it. But I was, I was more interested in hanging out with her and whatever she was doing, I was going to be, I was going to be game for. So. Yeah, I think this is fantastic and this needs to happen more. And when I say feminine and masculine, and I'm not necessarily meaning feminine is a woman, a girl's thing and masculine and is the boy and men's thing, but it just the different parts of us, we all have feminine and masculine qualities. And so it's really neat to see that you're balancing both of those. It's yeah. Great. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's definitely interesting that you pointed out. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So how did your wife and you meet? At a funeral, actually, oddly enough. So if you're single and you're listening to this, you can find love wherever you're at. <laughs> so it was the it was actually a, a family mutual friend. And 
it was her uncle and it was a, a family friend that I grew up with. And unfortunately he passed away and I went over to give my condolences to condolences to the, to the aunt, uh, her aunt and someone that I knew. And I met her at a dinner table and I was like, Oh, here, my name is, you know, Derek. And she introduced herself and I was like, yeah, she's pretty cute. And we were just talking. We got along the next day showed up and we were talking more and I was actually a salsa dance instructor. So I, I did salsa dance. Yeah. Come yeah so on. I was what doing- else is there? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was doing da- uh, salsa on the competitive dance team. Competitive was, salsa dance. Is, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun because so cool. I, I got into salsa dancing after actually I got out of a breakup and it was my way of releasing my energy and it was it was just fun. I got really into it and it was a way I thought that was a way to have physical touch with women at the time that would be also appropriate and like in a controlled environment. Not that it, like I was like a rampant, like, you know, just like humping walls or something, but it's like you're dancing like appropriately with people. And it's just fun to like have energy and, and have to believe that there's like something not wrong with you that you can actually just dance and have fun. So I, I offered inappropriately or not, I offered my wife at this funeral. Uh, do you want to learn how to dance? And she she did ballet uh, at the time. She did it actually very competitively, which she was just getting out of doing this. And she's like, yeah, come over to my place and, and, and teach me how to dance. So then it was, you know, it wasn't dirty dancing or anything, but we had dance, dance instructions and we just started hanging out with each other and, and it kind of gradually moved into one to the next. What a fantastic story. Yeah. I love salsa dancing. It's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. My parents did ballroom dancing when I was younger and they would sneak me into the clubs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Cool. I miss it. I don't do it much now, especially after, you know, the, the lockdown uh, that happened, it made it so it was much it, like it kind of put the, the nail in the coffin, but we had a really good first dance for our wedding. I mean, it was people I thought bet. that we had it all choreographed and we're like, no, this is, this is just what we do. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Dance is such a great energy between two people and I'd love it if my husband danced, but we're, we just have never gotten there. I did, right. I did a few lessons in our living room, you know, but yeah, but that's yeah. as far as we got. <laughs> some that's things, fun. some things you just have to mourn, you know, it's just not yeah. going to happen. So, right. right. Does your wife like mushrooms? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. She, she's very supportive of it. She's like, you know what, Derek, one day you'll have your mushroom farm. That was, uh, that's our that's our going thing she's like and then you know when we get rich we'll have a mushroom farm (laughs) so yeah no she 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 wants the dream to be alive forever with uh the mushroom farm and and uh and selling them at farmers markets that'd be that'd be fun that's awesome yeah so what was your experience of sex like growing up what kind of education did you receive what were some of your early experiences like Sure. So I grew up because we moved around so much as a kid. My parents, oh, let me move my this computer. Um, my parents raised me Catholic. My mom is Catholic, and we went to Catholic school. And the reason why we went to Catholic school was because you know, if you moved around, you could still go to Catholic school and you wouldn't have to change the school during the school year. So I went to church like three days a week and 
I was pretty Catholic. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I was indoctrinated by the Catholic church for better, or for worse. That was the beliefs that I had. And I had some really great, uh, I had some really great experiences in the Catholic church as well. Moving forward. I didn't have sex until I wasn't really even interested in, in women, uh, until my senior year in high school, I was just interested in doing stuff with guys and just hanging out. And I would skip school and go fishing. I would tell the teacher because I was a good Catholic of it's really good weather. I'm going to go out fishing tomorrow just to let you know where I'll be. Um, I guess taking one step back, my parents, because of this, like I wasn't a troublesome child. I was I was pretty good. They never really were worried about me doing. I wasn't drinking or smoking or doing drugs. And I wasn't really hanging out with a lot of girls. So I, they never really had this big discussion. My dad talked to me when I was, I don't know, probably like fourth, fifth grade about the birds and the bees. And, you know, that was the extent of it. I don't think my mom ever talked to me about it. And I had a connotation with sex as bad with, or, or you know, to the, it wasn't a, it was a very black and white thing for me. It was sexes, Safe for marriage and before marriage, you'll you'll go to hell if you don't have it. <laughs> it was like I was just, you know, all the time just kind of that was my mentality with it. And yeah, that that shaped it. So then I ended up having uh, a girlfriend in, in high school and we were both virgins. We didn't have sex with each other. And part of the reason why we actually broke up was that she wanted to. And I was like, well, I'm just, I'm waiting for marriage. So then that continued on and continued into college. And then I was actually engaged and I got engaged to a girl. We didn't have sex before marriage. And then she broke up with me because she was like, look, are we going to be engaged for like years to come and not have sex? I'm like, I don't know. And that kind of broke into other things that ended up coming up. We ended up breaking up. We got back together. And that's who I first had sex with was the, the girl that I was engaged with. And those were my first sexual experiences uh, before my before my wife. In between her and my wife, there wasn't anyone that I had sex with. I wasn't like a casual sleeping around type of person. And there wasn't anyone that really spoke to me about sleeping around. I don't have like huge notches or anything like that. If you I think will. that's uh, such an important thing to share because there can be a cultural message that men are always the one who want to have sex and then women are always the one who don't want to have it. So it's really good to explore other experiences. So I'm really glad you shared that. What was it like early on when your body started to change? Like, did you notice you were getting erections? Did you masturbate? Yeah. Did you feel bad about that? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, in, in, middle school or in high school, we started school here in the States at like 6.30 in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning. And you never want to be called on as a boy in the morning to go up to the board because you'd have like a morning erection that you like couldn't control. So you'd <laughs> it's like, it's absolutely ridiculous. But we, you know, I guess there was embarrassment with that and those lines of like, why is it that I can't, my body is kind of like doing something that's different than what I want. Like, I don't even understand why I have like an erection right now and masturbation yeah i don't remember like the first time that i really did probably when i was like i don't know if it's young or not but like five years old it was when you figured out hey look if you touch yourself down there this feels good 
And then there's a connotation, even with that, especially again, being Catholic, that masturbation is bad. So then there's this whole thing that you kind of get twisted in your head of both sexual experiences and exploration of my own body and how my body works is there's this, you know, that is evil. Um, so you would feel that, I don't know, that nothing nothing related to sexual desires is is a good thing and you kind of suppress them in a sense but you just lie to yourself so then there was porn never got into it i i can honestly say that i was never someone that watched porn i mean i i've seen porn before but i wasn't a porn addict i never did it i haven't watched porn and i don't even know how many years it would be like probably since i was 15 20 years no it was when i first started dating my wife that was Wait, so it was, yeah, it was like 13 years probably. Mm -hmm. And my thing with it was I understood from friends that watched it how addicting it was. And I was just like, no, nah, like it's like, I just want to, I just want to be addicted. And then later in life, I, you know, with sexual exploitation and sex slaves and things of that nature, I just morally... It's not like I have some issue with people that do or don't, whatever the case is for me, it just feels, it's very hard to be aroused by someone that, but could potentially be on drugs that they're forcing her to be on drugs. And, you know, this is someone's little girl and someone's sister and having a sister, it's kind of hard for me to get into it. Yeah. So would you say that you entered into your current relationship with quite a bit of shame associated with sex in your body? Yeah, well, that, it's interesting that you say that because that's kind of also why my wife and I worked was that when we first started, we the first thing that we both said to each other was, well, not like the first thing, but when we started actually talking about dating, the we were first like, one was, hey, can I teach you how to dance? <laughs> dance, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Followed by, I'm not looking to have sex before marriage. And she was actually the one that brought that up to me. And I was like, kind of this like, phew, like what a relief that there's someone that finally gets me and we didn't, we, we didn't. And I think that was good and bad in like a lot of different ways, but it was it, that the fact is, is that we didn't, and it, it did have a, a level of shame when we would end up when we were dating, we would be kissing and, you know, things are like, you're starting to like really get into each other. And then afterwards we'd be texting each other on the way home being like, you know, or I shouldn't say I was texting while driving. I was home and I was texting and saying, yeah, I'm really sorry. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. Um, same thing. And we at the time were both on the same page as like the drive and acceleration towards religion as well. So we were very, very religious and this was again a guilt sense that we had, and th I, this isn't to bash anyone that's religious or anything. I'm trying. I, I don't no. want to sound like okay. and religious is will make you guilty, but when you do have something that you're reading that ends up, it will say something like you know I, I'm not quoting Bible verses, but it will. It, there's Bible verses in there that talk about fornication and things of that nature, and and that there's there's guilt that's associated with it. And as someone that like believes in this, then you're going to end up having guilt. It's kind of hard not to, and so you have this. I'm supposed to feel some way and I don't, is there something wrong with me? And like, I'm, I'm defective. If like, I'm, I'm one of the bad ones. Um, so it, it kind of sets this weird tone. 
or did for us. I should say I did for us. I don't want to generalize. So you're feeling like you were one of the bad ones because you did feel desire. Yeah, it would be like we'd yeah. want to stop. We want to stop, and there wasn't a there wasn't a question that was is there a way to have healthy even conversations about what's going on it was black and white of what's going on is wrong and it needs to stop yeah so we didn't have before getting married we really didn't talk about sex other than we knew that we were going to have it and that we couldn't wait to have it because she had sex before me um and i had sex before her so we both like sex is good like sex feels good and it has to feel so good if you're like now in a relationship that you should feel no guilt, you know, and uh, obviously we'll be on the same page. That was kind of what we thought. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's a very linear path. Hey, look, we, we both know sex equals fun. It's good. We both had fun without each other. So now that we're with each other, we love each other. We built this relationship on being best friends. It has to be the sex is absolutely on fire. And yeah, we, we followed all the rules. Yep. Squeaky exactly. clean. Yeah. So yep. how did, how did it turn out? Not that. <laughs> so it was, a. Uh, you know, when we first got married, it was kind of one of those, both of us were nervous of having sex. We had sex and the sexual experience of it. I mean, we both, but I think I, I don't want to speak for her, but I, both of us have been like, yeah, it was like, we couldn't get into a rhythm of it and it felt weird for, we had sex and we would try to have sex. I think that we were trying to want to have sex more and we, I don't know what a healthy sexual relationship is or how to compare it to whatever the case is, but it always felt that it didn't take priority quote unquote like it would we would plan it we would say that yeah, on thursday we're gonna have sex and we planned it out and then we would just go out to dinner and we'd we'd eat like eat you know something in front of the tv or something and it would fall off on the wayside and there would almost be a sense of relief between both of us and in, in a way where it's like it didn't happen and that that that's okay and we'll we'll shoot for next week and then it was the same thing would happen and then it would be the same thing that would happen and you know, it would be for me, I would end up, I was never really angry about it or anything, but I just knew that I don't think I, I came up with this idea of us. I don't think this is normal. And I don't think that you can only relate back to pre previous experiences and you're thinking in your head, well, I had a lot of sex before I got married. So this is, this isn't really comparing to that. Like what's going on and, and do we have an issue? So I don't know. That was pretty much the, the way that it, it went and it was addressed as a problem at certain points. It became something that was escalated up of we talk and we say, yeah, this, this needs to get resolved. Like we have to figure this one out. I can't tell you how many books I have, Jana, on like every type of thing with sex. Uh, she comes first, you know, this, that, the other. Ian yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, if and if we just do this one trick, like this will this will solve it. Yeah. And if I'll I become, figure I'm, out oral sex, we're good to go here. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, all I have to do is I just have to learn oral sex and then she will be enthralled with the idea and, you know, be begging for Thursdays to come. And 
it just didn't really work that way. And then, you know, I'm sure as far as other guys that may be listening, it would be, well, like maybe we should just change things up and I'll just buy her some toys or I'll say, you know, this, that, the other, try to win her over, give her some glasses of wine at dinner. I don't know. (laughs) Loosen her up. And every single time it was just, no, like, and that's not to say that we went through these, like, it would be like, we'd have sex once every three weeks or once a month or we'd skip a month or we'd have it almost week regardless of it it never felt like there was a wanting to do it as a check the box kind of for both of us and i don't know it was fun while we were having sex but it was just, it was building up to it wouldn't be and it would be tension and i learned a lot of things about myself with this class of probably why and that yeah no i don't i don't want to get ahead of myself with it but yeah that was the that was that was kind of the the sexual sexual thing to it. So leading up to this class, it was funny because we certain things happened months prior to us taking this class that were external that would be very reasonable for us not to be having sex. And we went out of town for my birthday actually, and she told me over a glass of wine. Yeah, I signed up for this class. It's like this womb class, and I was gonna keep it as like a little secret, but I actually want to let you in on it. And I think part of it is that we're not going to have sex. And I was like, all right, well, it's not like much has changed. It was like my exact quote, which didn't really go over well, but it was, it, it, it's not far from the truth. So it was, that was kind of what led us up to this. And prior to this, I was in a, another class and I don't want to name drop who it was, but it was kind of on the flip side of what, how you're presenting it where it's, hey, well, you guys should just be at it three times a week and you guys should be doing this, that, the other with each other and another class. And that didn't work. So I was a skeptic coming into yet another class with someone telling me, not that you did, but my perception was like, it's going to be that I'm wrong. Like I'm there's something wrong with me. And at this point in our relationship, I'm I can eat humble pie whenever it doesn't matter. And if it's something that I am doing wrong, I genuinely want to know. And as long as I don't have to humiliate myself in the process of it, then I'm willing to give it a complete try. Um, so yeah, I was, I was actually very open-minded to it. I had never heard of your podcast, never heard of the, the course, but at the same time I was like, well, I just got out of this thing and that didn't work either. So in a lot of ways, it made things like kind of worse. Do you think a lot of men feel like it's their responsibility or a failing on their part that their wives don't want to have sex with them? Yeah, I think that there's. I so I've thought about this. I I thought there was going to be a similar question that was going to come up and I was I was giving it much thought. And I can only speak for myself on this, but I think what it is, is that uh, there's twofold. There's one that as a as for speaking for myself there's validation that you're seeking in, in life especially when it comes to my career i'm do i do a good job am i going to save the company 100 million dollars this next quarter is that it did i do a good job when i'm coming to my relationships i'm looking for validation with my wife of am i desirable am i someone that like she wants to be with um is do I have do I have what it takes to to succeed the missions in life? Um, and I look for her to do it. Now that's 
probably coming from a wound of some sort. If I went through like some therapy of saying, Hey, you didn't, you didn't get this as a kid, or there's not enough men that spoke that over you. There's not validation with it, but somehow or other this gets equated again, for, speaking for myself of sex is the, the validation for it. So if, if I'm not getting sex from my wife, but she, but I know that she's had sex with other people. What does that mean that she sees me? How, how does she see me? And, and then furthermore, if I'm not able to make my wife orgasm, if I'm not able, if she's not desiring me in those ways, then am I undesirable? And so it's, I think the answer to your question is, yeah. is, is like, it's, it's, it's a responsibility, but I think it's an unfair, it's an unfair burden that you're putting on someone. And then it turns into these covert contracts and this tra transactional sex is that a covert contract being like in my head, I have it worked out that look, I will, I will do nine to five. I'll, I'll grind out. I will, I will make, I will make myself completely uncomfortable for you. And then in your head, it's, there's an asterisk of, but you're going to have sex with me at the end for, to show your appreciation and the validation that I'm doing a good job. And when they don't, then you start to get this resentment and being like, well, like, I have to jump through hoops all the time just to get like, you know, laid. <laughs> but you never even need to communicate this. Um, and then the transactional just playing off of that of saying, hey, look, because I'm doing this, it's obvious that you should be doing that. I mean, I don't want to be doing this. You don't want to be doing that. They equal out each other, right? So it's like we can cancel out each other. Do me a solid. I'm doing you a solid. It's kind of like the, the mindset with it. That's not that's not Derek of today. I'm just letting you know where that comes from. Of of and only speaking for myself, I can't speak for other people's husbands or whatever the case is. Yeah, this is definitely something that we heard quite a bit. I would say in the husband's call and um. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and a man was talking about his almost recovery from what they were calling womanizing. So he just liked to have a lot of women and probably a lot of sex with these women. And he was talking about how in our culture that is sort of a marker for your success as a man. And that's a tremendous amount. That That's painful. That sounds very painful and really crushing to go through that. Um, where do you think men get other forms of validation? Do you think that is baked into our culture? Validation as in it, outside of like a marriage? Yeah, like something that would be maybe a bit more healthy, like for example, from mentorship or from other guys or yeah. from bosses or like right. where, where do men go to... I I don't I I literally was just talking about this over the weekend, Jana, with my wife because I was saying how it was. It's funny. I actually had a mentor for a bit, and then he like quit on me. He actually just told me he didn't want to mentor me anymore. But <laughs> this is this is it was brutal. It was when we were first married, and the the reason why was um it's it's like hilarious looking back on it, but it's so hard for. I think there's a big issue. I think there's, I should start with this. I think there's a big issue. I think that there is an issue that men don't have these forms of validation. I don't think that men have a way, they have their parents and that's it. And they, you know, my parents, like they're, they're not perfect, but they figured out how to be married for 45 something years. So they have something worked out with it. 
but you only know what you know. And it's nice to have kind of a tribe of people that you can bounce ideas back out outside of like your dad. And maybe you don't have the best of relationship with your dad for, for whatever reason, X, Y, and Z. So where do you go for it? And it's, it's trying to find mentors with it, but then how it turns into what I was talking to my wife about is if you're religious, some of this stuff is that it it's not really that helpful. And maybe you don't want to go and talk to your pastor about some of it because you see them every single Sunday or whatever the case is. I don't go to church. I don't have that problem, which also turns into another problem of where do you find a mentor that has some type of values that are close to you and, and someone that can work it out. So you try to find people that have a quote unquote healthy marriage that you're going to ask questions with. But even with that, it's like you're taught at a young age of don't talk about sex, politics, or religion at dinner. So I'm taking this guy out for dinner and I'm talking to him literally about sex and he quits because he's too busy now. So sure. it's kind of like, uh, it's, I can read a book, you know, I, I have, you know, what does that mean? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. And yeah, I think that as it's guys, lacking. Like, it's lacking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And, it, and for a guy, it's, I think that a lot of men, again, only speaking for myself, if a guy starts start saying, yeah, like, hey, look, how's your sex life, Derek? You wouldn't want to be like, yeah, it's terrible, actually. No. It, it's in the dumps. It's been in the dumps for years at this point, And we're next to giving up on it. You're going to be like, no, you know, we have ups and downs. And, you know, sometimes it's happened. Sometimes it's not. And just the language that you would even use with it isn't going to be one that I think is actually from being an integrated person and an integrated relationship. So it's a little, yeah. the blind leading the blind. Yeah. So it makes so much sense how we see men looking for validation within sex and then that leading to pressure and that leading to less of what he wants. That It's a pretty vicious cycle. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your thoughts about all of this now? Well, they've changed. Absolutely. They, they, they've changed for sure. I, I don't, um, I can take a step back and say, it's actually kind of weird because, so I have a sister and I don't know where somewhere along the lines, I, I want to be, I want to be like, really like specific on how I, I always figured myself as when, when my wife started learning about safety and things of that nature, I was like, well, of course I'm safe. I, I don't hit you. I make dinner. I make bread. I make you cakes. Like why? How is that? I'm a jolly person. I bake. <laughs> I bake. Okay. You cannot get any safer than that. And and then you take a step back after seeing a different paradigm and, and seeing things through a new lens. And you're like, actually, I'm not. I'm kind of a dick. It's, it's like not on purpose, but there's expectations that have been put on. Um, and it's like yeah there's room for improvement and, and i i say this all because of you know hey i like hi there's room for improvement and i just i ended up talking to my sister and she you know she had a relationship that it went away and you hear about this and you're like why why would it, why do people tolerate why why do people tolerate this type of behavior and i think it gets uh I think that the bad I think that bad behavior from men gets tolerated and then they're therefore they it's not that we even think we're doing anything wrong. It gets it starts to just be like, oh well it it just becomes normal. I don't know. The so for an example, it, it sounds really dumb, 
but like who would have thought my wife doesn't really want to like have her like butt slapped every single time that she walks by me like who would have thought i don't know it's like would you and it, it's like no, maybe not i don't i don't think so did i ever ask no was, i just assumed i just assumed because she's my wife that somehow this is who else would i do it with if i'm not gonna do it with you then am i supposed to have an affair or it's like no right. how about none of it and how about you just like treat someone like a human being rather than an object <laughs> for your own pleasure uh for whenever you need some type of validation oh like you know i would like it if we had sex or you know is it why am i asking this and 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 is it be and this is where in the course i don't know how much you want to share but like in share the course i started share it all yeah yeah so like in the course like i i would talk in the the course of what you start to realize as a guy is and I did. Again, I'm only speaking for myself. There comes like this point where in this that you don't want to believe it. Like you don't want to believe that you're actually it's not her. Like it maybe there's parts of her that are that 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 could uh that she needs to improve upon, but that's not your lane. She's gonna do whatever she's gonna do. And you're gonna end up having to ask yourself at some point in time if it really is her. If it like let's just play this thing. It's it's her. She's the reason why you guys aren't having sex then why would a very healthy person such as myself of Derek be with someone that's so unhealthy that it's, that's her. Like that sounds like I'm unhealthy. So you come to this point of saying, maybe I'm unhealthy. Maybe there's things that I have to improve upon and you pull back, start asking the question of why, why is it that I care about this in this way or what, what makes me feel this way? And you start to come up to some really weird thoughts that you're like, where the hell did that come from? And that's kind of disturbing. <laughs> it's like, would you teach that to your daughter? I don't have kids, but like, would you teach that to your daughter? Oh, if your husband has a really good job, whatever he says, like you should do and do it with a smile. You know, it's like, no but where does that come from and you start saying i don't even know if I, it matters but where i know it comes from it's just ingrained with you from some way and it's reinforced but it's not going to be healthy that's for sure and then as the course starts building up more you know my wife learned the word safety and and then was using it like it was like a safety shotgun going around in our place like that's not safe that's not safe you're not safe and as like, I'm like, like, we would just have fights about like, what is safety? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, you're not safe now. And she's like, but this isn't safe. It's like, it, it was uh, like this from the shining with like red rum on the walls. It was just like safety written on the walls everywhere. But it was, um, <laughs> so we, we, um, we were figuring about safety, but then you realized even stuff for yourself. It was enabling was the word I was looking for that with women enabling men, it was, this is where I started realizing I had like these weird thought processes of being like, maybe I've enabled things that I don't really like in the relationship because of the hope of like transactional sex. Like, Hey, look, if I put up with this, then, you know, at least we'll avoid this fight and then we'll not, and then we can have sex or whatever. That's yeah. the possibility. Can you, we can wouldn't you give an example of that. So for, I'm trying to think of something that would be very light. It'd be the way that we would argue. Right. And maybe that's the, the easiest way is that I don't know. There's there's productive ways to have arguments. And then there's like safety shotguns that we are doing. Um, 
which would not fall into it. But it, there's, you know, though I think there's better approaches to argue that we would end up having. And in the past, something that I would end up seeing would be like, I would just look over it and be like, look, like, it's fine. I'm just going to turn the other cheek, do whatever, in hopes that we're going to have, at least this argument won't turn into another argument. And maybe at the end of that role, like, we'll forget about it. We'll have sex on this weekend or whatever the case is. So you would suppress what you were trying to say or what your needs were just in the hopes of, well, maybe this won't derail things completely. A hundred percent. And then what ends up happening for a guy is now all of a sudden that things are safe for them. You're like, well, what about the safety for me? So it's just like everyone has diarrhea and vomiting of safety, just being like, that's not safe. And, and (laughs) Or at least we did. And it was going wanting it more and you'll have diarrhea and vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, everyone, everyone, everyone's safe. So we were, we would just talk about this and we would, um, we would come to places where it was tough. It it was, we're talking about things that are bubbling up that we both suppress in our relationship for one reason or another. And, and it, I think for me, it was on the lines of like, if, if sex is completely off the table and let's just pretend for a moment, my wife is saying, Derek, you'll never have, we're never having sex again. It's just not going to happen. If you pretend this, then what would it be in the relationship that you would want to make it so that it is something that of a relationship that you would want, or is it not a relationship that you want? And that's where the arguments start coming up. And it's because you're trying to say, I want to be fine. I want to be fine with accepting everything as yourself, what this is, and not to, yeah, it, I think it's completely fair for, for, for me to want to have a relationship that is conducive to the things that I want and much more for my wife on the lines of, I mean, it's pretty messed up. Like I, I don't, I really don't know where these, this mentality comes from with, like, I have ownership over my wife's body of like it's culture you'll see yeah it's it's, all through culture it would would be weird because the thing about it is and i say this now but like in the past i would be like no well like jana's talking crazy talk and like what am i supposed to do and then i had this conversation with my wife while she was going through the program and i had this aha moment and what it was was i was telling her i was like i guess it's like if we were having sex and then afterwards, every single time you wanted me to do some derogatory sexual act to myself in public, whatever it is. And I was like, I'm uncomfortable with it. And she's like, well, like I make you food or, you know, I help put out the, the do the dishes or if you're not going to do it, then I, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to watch. I'll just Google someone and watch someone do it. And you're like, that's weird. Like you just end up being like, that's weird. If, if uh, I told my mom this, she would be like, get a divorce. <laughs> you know, it'd just be like, it's weird. But then for some reason for guys, we like it, we, we think it's okay. And it's not like I was asking my wife to do something weird, but, it, but you end up in some sense it, it is. It's like, you're saying, Hey, like I want to have sex. And they're like, no. And you're like, maybe I'll ask them like 10 minutes or bring it up. I don't know. It's like, it's just it, after it's a weird paradigm that you go through, I guess. I don't know. Paradigm shift. Yeah. Is that something that you found yourself doing? I, I think it'd be really helpful for men to hear and women to hear some of the specific things that you were doing 
that yeah. she was saying, I feel unsafe around, because like you said, mm-hmm. it's such a spectrum. And usually when people hear safety, they're thinking, well, I don't force her to have sex with me or I right. don't, you know, cause her pain. So, right. and I, and I bake. So. Right. <laughs> I, I make food. I bake. I do sour bread. Here's a cake. Here's a piece of cake. Can I touch your boobs now? It's, um, it would be small things. It's like probably it's, it starts off with micro, right? It would be on the, on the level of she's changing and she has her shirt off. I'm next to her. You grab a boob. I don't know. It's it's like, it's not, I say this stuff and people are like, man, this guy's like such a dog. I'm not, I swear. It's like, it, it, that's not the way it worked. It was just, she's changing. Like, oh, you're look hot. Um, she bends, she bends down. You press up behind her. She is, uh, I don't know. She's on the couch. You wrap your arm around, not her shoulder, not her, you know, her waist, whatever the case is. You just start doing things. It would be on the lines of laying in bed together, uh, going before going to sleep. You guys are grinding or you guys, you ask for her to roll on top of you or you roll on top of her. You're taking, there's a very, it's a very unilateral approach to everything. There's not a conversation. There never was a conversation. You just assume, hey, look, like you're here. It's it's like grabbing grabbing your cat and petting your cat. Do you have to ask your cat to they want to get pet? It's like she's my wife. What you know? And that's where I think it becomes it's unsafe because let me explain this to to the men. It would be the same thing as a wife after you end up having sex. If she was just like, here's a dildo, shove it up your ass. Like it's like honestly like that. And it, you would say, like, what are you doing? And was there a conversation? No, it's like it's because it's your body. Like, it's your body as a man to say, you just violated me. The difference is, is that like, and I'm, I'm speaking for my wife and this, I'm not trying to share her story, but she put up with it because it's micro at first. And like, also, it's like, I'm her husband. So like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And suppressing feelings of whatever the case is. But at the end, through the course, you find out, yeah, I actually don't really like it when you do that. I, I never did. I, it, I did it because I wanted you to be happy, but I'm not doing it for me. Like it, that, there was nothing in it that, so it's not that they're being like selfish or anything at, at all. It's, they were being selfless to the point of that it was actually doing them damage. And then it causes resentment. So that's what ends up. That's where all these arguments were coming from it of there's things that you're suppressing on both sides, probably that are making it so that the other person is, you think that you're doing them a favor, but it's just going to turn on another way. Yeah, this is this is gold, Derek. Thank you for sharing all those details because I think yeah. it's it, when we speak about it in a vague way, it's really hard to connect it. And um so so now what? Like what what are what are what does your home life look like now? Yeah, so we 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 did four XDs and our first two we literally just argued for the whole time. The first one was safety safety argument. It was like the safety argument her around the world. And, um, I mean, it was probably like four hours of like, like, I was like, I can't talk about culture or safety anymore. And a lot of it was probably self-sabotage. And also there were things that need to be addressed. And there were things that I think is very difficult to 
be intimate with someone if they're actively feeling weird about something. It's like you're about to be very vulnerable. Why would you engage this? So there's things that have to get hashed out. And then the last one, or sorry, then the third one, it was it was a good XD. I don't know. There's I, I don't want to compare it. It's just it is what it is. It was it was it was an experience, and I felt connected to my wife. Then the last one was actually hilarious. We ended up calling it quits, and uh, because we were trying to experiment with music, and it was almost this like ragtime stuff that was going on. So like halfway through, we were laying next to each other, and we're like, "Yeah, neither one of us can get into the mood." So we just started like waving our finger in the air to the music, and we're like, "Yeah, this is it's not going to work." But um, starting to get anxiety from the music. Actually, let's call this one. <laughs> so it's taking it also as not responsibility for someone else's orgasms. I think that's a really big one where she doesn't have one for me. I don't have one for her. The point is not going to be some constructed Hollywood or some smut novel or, you know, whatever, some porno, whatever the case is, you know, first we kiss, then I feel her up. And then you, we go through this dance. It's the, you know, that doesn't really exist. Um, and it's just trying to, not have some formulaic thing and just uh, try to connect in a physical way. And I, I don't see it as the whim course as being an end to something is rather than kind of the beginning. And I don't think it's something that you get to some destination of this utopic, like, and now I've reached Nirvana of XDs, you know, it's. Yeah. Cause what it, would that even be? What does it be? Yeah, it I think it's be? just, I think it's really just growing and becoming more integrated with each other and having stronger soul ties. I don't know. Something probably really catchy, but it, it's the, stronger it's just the beginning. Soul ties. <laughs> You're hilarious. <Derek. laughs> so it's, it's probably, it's, it's probably something like that and probably just really, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the growth. I don't think it's, there hasn't been a step along this. I sound really happy go lucky with all this, but it's been like toil. Like it's been sweat, brow, toil, introspection, asking yourself questions and taking a slice of humble pie along the way that you're just like, man, I don't, I don't, there's a lot for me to grow. And so I hope that I continue to grow. I hope that my wife does as well. And, and that's not for anything other than I know that she's looking for growth and things. So it's trying to help build each other up and, and, and help each other and be partners and have equality. So, and equity, equity and equality. That was a great, great way to end. Good job. Ending on the big E. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We should throw an exploration in there. <laughs> exploration. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing yeah. your journey with figuring out the safety piece, because I think that's the biggest piece. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think it's really a hard pill to swallow with it with coming to the conclusion that yes indeed you are a major part of the issue going on and that it's to circle back you started sharing a little bit more about whim in terms of you were worried that this was going to be yet another thing that was going to point out how you failed yeah and now it feels like you're ending on the note where it was another thing that yeah, pointed out how I failed. But, but see, this is the difference. This is the thing about it. The other course was, do you know how to drive the Ferrari? And you're like, are you getting the Ferrari and you're driving and you're like, ah, no, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. 
And it makes you feel like insecure with this. So the it's Ferrari, like the Ferrari is the woman. Is, right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now it's like, do you not know how to push the red button? Just don't push the red button. All you have to do is don't push the red button. Don't push the red button. And the red button is like smacking her butt. Exactly. Like any sexual advancement. Exactly. And it's, and then you're like, I have to push the red button. Like, why'd you push the red button? (laughs) So so it's like, uh, you know, it's for a guy, it's like, it's such a simple task, but it's like, look, like, trust me you you don't have to drive anymore like you don't have to you like this is literally it is a relief to your life like it will be a relief just like don't push the red button and in the meantime how about you worry about like sorting out your own stuff and like now you have this abundance of time where you don't have to go and worry about being the sexual giver in this way of oh i gotta figure out like how to make her have like multiple orgasms and let me spend hours of research on this toy that toy it's like, why don't you just use that time and self-improve and, and do that? And then in the meantime, let her do her thing and just like lay off. Like you like you don't have to be the captain of this. Like it's 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 okay. Good. So it's like it's it's that's the thing, is like you as a guy, like you're like there, it has to be more complicated than this. You're like just don't touch anything. <laughs> like poking stuff Derek yeah, this no. this may be the episode where I, I I start to pull quotes from episodes and put them on Instagram <laughs> because I think I feel like you've you laid up some really good ones <laughs> well, I appreciate it I appreciate it. I mean honestly I I really enjoyed the chorus and I enjoyed um yeah I I enjoyed it I got to the point though I was telling my wife she was like did you watch the videos for the woman and I did up to a point and then I stopped because what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to have it. So I was assuming the, I knew what they were, she was going to do next to like have this map of being like, well, she the, do captain, homework? the captain, yeah, exactly, again, exactly. You know? And I was just like, whatever she wants to do is whatever she wants to do. And, you know, if we're going to be Moses and just go around this mountain 40 years, like, that's fine. Like, I, I'd rather just pretend that she knows what she's doing. And I'll, I'll trust this process with it and right. um, give her the wheel, so to speak. Yep, the helm exactly. is that yes. captain. Yeah. 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 So no, and, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it more than I thought. And I really, I got a lot out of it. I think enjoyment is the wrong, the wrong word for it. I got a lot out of it. It changed my paradigm. I'm kind of embarrassed of the way that I was beforehand and that, the way that I would approach my wife, I'm sure that there's a lot of deprogramming to do and a lot of cultural influences still. I mean, I'm sure. And, and who I can become is hopefully far different than who I am today in a couple of years. And uh, I couldn't have done it without the the group calls on Tuesdays. Yeah. That was, yeah, those were really, really awesome. Very right? powerful. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah. It was really such an honor to watch that group bond and grow together and we'll have a few of the other guys from that group on the podcast so they yeah they'll speak up and yeah and thank you for being such a great contributor you were you were somebody i could rely on to jump in and share your oh i appreciate it yeah i I mean you and melissa really did create the safe place that it it worked out where it wasn't much of a stretch for someone that's comfortable speaking or whatever to end up being like okay cool like i can i can jump in so it I do appreciate that. And it, it moved along in a way that it never felt like the conversation ever stalled out or 
and especially going on this thing for as long as we did being with a bunch of guys that are doing the same exact thing it was really cool to have people that were also willing to share because it would have been a dead conversation i would just been talking to myself being like yeah like things aren't great <laughs> we fought for four hours right. do you guys want to know that don't touch the red button. <laughs> <laughs> just touching buttons left and right <laughs> oh so cool well thank you so much Derek for coming on the podcast I appreciate yeah, thank you. Your, your honesty and yeah your vulnerability that was great okay and thank you everyone for listening and uh, I hope you got a lot out of it I sure did and I'll talk to you in the next one bye for now if you've enjoyed this episode I have a favor to ask of you it's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the wait list, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.